Hello, welcome to the InfraTalk podcast brought to you by Infrastructure Ventures. Come listen in as we talk with policy experts on how we can advance the use of innovative technology in the infrastructure and transportation industry. Why? Because we know we can do better. So sit back or walk the dog, go for a run or grab a cup of coffee and join us for this episode of the InfraTalk podcast. Hello, everyone. I am very excited about today's InfraTalk podcast. I am Karen LeBlanc, CEO of KGL Communications and the Communications Advisor for InfraTalk America and your guest host for this episode. As we record this today, it is actually International Women's Day and as part of our ongoing Women Leading Innovation and Transportation Infrastructure Series, I am so pleased to be sitting here with Sarah Stickler, President and CEO of WTS International. Okay, well, thank you so much, Sarah, for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you. We've kind of known each other a long time. We've gone back and forth uh, over the years, obviously. I've watched your career and um, had my own career in transportation and infrastructure and certainly working with and around women in the industry. Um, I'd love if you would talk a little bit about your background and how you got to WTS and your own journey here. I think women like to hear um, from other women about how they've uh, reached their accomplishments. Yes, and thank you for having me, and it's great to be here with you on International Women's Day. Um, I don't have a direct journey into transportation like many of us. Um, you know, the more I learn from our members is that some of us have, have kind of stumbled into transportation, and that's kind of my journey as well. I'm a former educator, former second grade teacher that left education, uh, kind of joined the, the nonprofit space, worked at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society for a while, got into policy, and then joined associations. And so my background really is in associations and was working at a association that did some work within the drug driving kind of transportation space. And that was kind of my um, foray into transportation, uh, but really came, kind of came to WTS from that association background. And you know, being a former educator, I came from a career field that was full of women. You know, I could look around, I could see myself as a teacher, as a principal, as a superintendent, I had those female mentors and sponsors. And when I came into the association space, not only just transportation, but associations in general, you know, I looked around and I remember going to my first meeting at, at a new association and walking in and being one of two or three women in a room full of, of men. And so I think, you know, not only was WTS, you know, a growth in the transportation sector for me, but also kind of that, that our mission of equity and access for women as well, kind of leaving education and, and leaving those, those mentors and those sponsors. But I know as I was kind of thinking about this conversation, I was trying to come up with, you know, what is my true transportation story? And, mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking back to, you know, as a little kid arguing with my mom that I was old enough to ride my bike to school. <laughs> and, you know, as a young family, we decided to, to sell the car and become a transit only, you know, family. And, but I was really thinking and I wanted to share a story, you know, before my dad would let me get my license, he, he made sure that I knew how to change a tire. And somehow I have been lucky or unlucky enough to have now been the person in situations that is the only one that knows how to change a tire. And I have now changed about a dozen tires, <laughs> not always my own. Um, and I wanted to share a story. I was, we were, I was in high school and we were going down to basketball camp. So there was three caravans of, of, of basketball students and there was three coaches, each one driving a, a van. And there was a new JV coach and she was the only female coach. And she had been part of the program for two days. And we're driving you know, down a, a six lane highway and she gets a flat tire. 
And so we all pull over and we have 15 girls standing on the side of a highway and we're standing there and it took me a minute to realize no one there knew how to change a tire. Oh and I go up to the two male coaches. I'm like, I know how to do this. I can do this. You know, and they tell me, Sarah, go stand, you know, go, go stand away. We'll figure this out. Right. And it, they kind of get going for a few more minutes. And I finally go back and I go, I know how to do this. I can do it. And so they, they let me change the tires. We're on the side of the highway. And here I am with three adults and 15, you know, young girls changing their tire. Well, fast forward six years and my dad calls me and I'm, you know, out of college living on my own. And he calls me, he says, Sarah, you're never going to know what's happened tonight. It's like, what, you know, what happened? And he goes, I, I was at your sister's basketball banquet and I sat down and I introduced myself to the couple next to me. And they say, oh, you're Stickler. Like, we know your daughter. Oh, he no. said, oh, I know, you know, you know, you know, you know, my daughter that plays for your daughter. And it actually was the parents of the coach who was driving the car that oh, whose tires blew out. So and they said, oh, no, 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 we don't know your current daughter. We know your <laughs> oldest. You'll never, you know, she called us that night. She, you know, in tears, it was her second day on the job. And your daughter just like, you know, changed the tire and made it all better. And it was something I will never forget. I think that's the most proud my dad was. <laughs> was. But it's funny, you know, he, he passed away before I was able to kind of enter into the association and transportation space. But I just, I reflected back and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm sure in this moment he would find a way to say, you know, it was what he taught me at 16, you know, and changing the tire that, that got me here today. Absolutely. And I, I have to say a lot of my history emulates, it's the same. My father taught me how to um, change a tire. He taught me how to change spark plugs back in the day. Yeah. You know, I had two older brothers and I was not going to get away with not doing nope. the same type of things. He taught me how to drive a stick because he wanted to make sure I knew how to drive a stick shift. Yes. Um, and similar, he passed away uh, about 12 years ago and uh, also did not see me get to do a lot of what I'm doing, but I do know that he'd be really he was in construction, okay. which made it easy. That's how I kind of got into this was mm -hmm. um, uh, was doing communication. And they realized that in transportation and infrastructure projects, you really need to do a lot more communication. And they bought on somebody who would help with that. And that's kind of how I started my foray into it as well a long time ago. So, um, But those are great stories. Those are and important stories. I will say one thing, though, you to go back. Uh, you said they let me, the two men let me change <laughs> the tire. Yes. <laughs> I know. No, no, you got to change I the got tire. To. That exactly. is true. Right. Yes. You're the yes. only one who knew how to do it. So that's great. That's really good. Um, and, and was there something, what, once you got here, did you realize like this was a really good fit for you? Do you, you like transportation and infrastructure? And there's so many, many amazing women in this industry. I just, I even know at the TRB recently when we ran into mm -hmm. one another at the event that WTS did. And I was just looking around the room, just, just floored by how many fantastic, amazing, smart, wickedly smart women that I know that were in that room. It was so great. Yes. Yes. It can be intimidating. We have a phenomenal membership that is changing the transportation landscape. And, and, and it is, I think, coming into WTS, you know, from the association background, um, and it, it almost felt like coming back home in a way because leaving education, um, that was a hard adjustment, you know, and, and I think I was, I was someone who thought I was going to be a teacher for life. I had known f since first grade that I was going to be a teacher. I worked at Chuck E. Cheese in high school because <laughs> I thought that would give me an edge, right, right? <laughs> like, I was like, it's working with kids. Um, and so when I, when I decided to leave education, you know, that was, a, that was a pivotal moment in my career. And I think, you know, coming to WTS was a little bit like coming home in a way, being able to be surrounded 
by those type of women and, and have that support system was something that I was used to in education and had kind of lost a little bit in associations and being in such a male-dominated um, organizations. Right. And I think it's a natural fit in an association anyway, because you are educating all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you real everything you do is about educating, educating your membership and then also educating the larger industry about what this membership is capable of and what we are able to do. Yeah, without a doubt. So talking about the industry and as we think more about transportation and certainly as we talk about women and uh, I think particularly as we look to help women you know, younger women even move into the industry and those types of things. Where do you see the largest barrier from attracting women to the transportation industry? And particularly because, you know, the workforce is only, we only need more. Um, and so where do you see maybe those barriers that are still here and existing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that we're getting better at attracting women and, and some sectors are, are better than others. Um, the latest uh, Women in the Workforce report did say that kind of transportation and infrastructure group together. We are close to about 50% women, male, um, gender equity when it comes to that entry-level position. But we do know that certain sectors still are male-dominated. And, you know, one of the things that we're working on through our WTS Foundation is understanding that we need to get two young girls by the time they've hit sixth grade in order to keep them interested in STEM-related fields. And if they don't have that touch point, if they can't see themselves advancing or see themselves in a career path by sixth grade, they already at that point start to choose other classes. They start to choose outside of the STEM. And so we're working through the foundation to, to, to bring kind of new programming through our Transportation U to younger girls getting all the way down into kindergarten, making sure that they you know, have exposure to transportation type careers through our chapters, through their, their um, Transportation U programs, working with schools, working with after, after school activities. Uh, but, but I would say I think one of the, the challenges that we see too is that re-entry and that support for women coming out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that, you know, existed before the, the uh, pandemic, but was only exacerbated since the pandemic, is that women are taking on more work, just in general, right? At work, at oh, home, yes. right? <laughs> Whether it's paid or unpaid work, we're just, we're taking on more work. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, at the office, that can be, you know, social activities for the company. It can be equity, diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. activities and, and, and policies even within the organization that are sometimes not paid. And so it means that women are being pulled from their billable hours or being pulled from their work. And they then have to work harder to either catch up or they're not put up for promotion because they don't have as much billable hours. And so I think one of the things that we're starting to see that we're concerned about is that some women are actually starting to just say, no, mm -hmm. I don't want the promotion. I don't want that extra work. I don't want that. And so that makes us concerned as we think about kind of retention and advancement, that are we in the future going to see that gap at the C-suite level um, and senior management level grow because women are opting out. And I think that for us, you know, as we think about attracting women to the industry, as we think about maybe women making mid-career pivots into transportation, is we have to support them better. And that's better policies at the office, that's family-friendly policies, it's supporting women where they are. I think we as a society kind of traditionally look at caregivers and say that they can't give as much to their job because they have 
responsibilities at home. And I think that we need to kind of shift our mindset some that if that if you can be at home and managing a, a family calendar and managing the the interactions of getting to school and 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 elderly care and all of that, that you absolutely have a skill set that is valuable on a leadership team. Yeah. Um, and, and we need to do a better job of providing policies and providing solutions that kind of meet those women where they are. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think some of it really has to do with changing the mindset on flexibility, right? You have mm -hmm. to be you have to be able to trust that people are going to be able to make up hours or work in a different time schedule or maybe go home for a couple hours in the afternoon so they can get the kids settled and then return back to work. I mean, there's lots of ways that we can work um, around these these types of of uh, obstacles or issues or whatever. Um, I do it every day. I mean, it's the right. only way I'm able to do what I'm able to do. And I'm very lucky because I, you know, I own my firm, so I, I can make the decisions that I want to make. And I do the same for the women that work in my uh, in my organization as well. But I, I think that other people need to recognize that as well. I, I think it's just really, really key uh, in anything that we're going to do moving forward. Um, so, uh, I understand, and I like what you had to say too about, it sounds to me like your education background is also playing into you understanding that there's gotta be an educational component to the younger people that are coming up, which is gonna be very important. Um, so given the historic funding that's been made through the bipartisan infrastructure mm -hmm. law now, what any opportunities do you think that that will provide for retaining and attracting women to the industry? Tremendous opportunity. <laughs> um, you know, I know I've heard I've heard Secretary Buttigieg speak to this, where you know he has said that his greatest fear is that in this historic investment in infrastructure, that we don't do enough, that our single actions don't lead to a big enough advancement in transportation. Um, and so I think that you know we have to think big i think as we think about a trillion dollars being invested in infrastructure that that's hard to to even kind of think about like what does a trillion dollars look like in these projects um, i will say you know I, th I think this administration has done you know a great job at building in kind of workforce development and training opportunities into the funds we know that you know, the bipartisan infrastructure law will provide funding for workforce development and technical assistance. I believe it's close to you know $61 million over the next five years for that. FTA um, is, is allowing kind of some flexibility with their formula funds to be used for training activities. So there is kind of an investment into additional training. I think that for WTS, we see a role for ourselves in attracting the young people to those jobs and making them aware of the fact that, that there are jobs that will now train you, that this is a career path for you. And it might be through a, a two-year degree, it might be through an apprenticeship program, it might be through a four-year degree, but there are options for you. Um, and I think that's a place that WTS can help, you know, our, our agencies and the private sector as well is, is getting those opportunities in front of students earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that you raise a good point around the, kind of that retaining piece of the conversation is that we need a diverse workforce that will that will change the delivery of our transportation system so we deliver for diverse communities and i think that that's something that for wts we see a place for us with with kind of this investment into training and and development um, is to provide that leadership development and to provide you know through our partnerships with the private and public sector to provide that training so that women can can continue to advance kind of even after they are able to get the training that might you know help them become 
bus operators, but then how do you advance up and become a manager sure, of the bus yeah. operators? And so that that leadership development um, is important to us at WTS. And I know one of the things that we hate to hear is when you know an, an employee or a part or employer or a partner come to us and say, "Well, you know, we look for a diverse candidate, but they didn't exist." Yeah. You know, and they do, you just have to look differently than you have before, or, you know, we can help you and partner with you. Um, but they do exist and you do have those those employees um, on your staff today. And they just might be, you know, afraid to apply for that job. They may not think they're qualified or they might just need a little bit of, of leadership development and additional training to get them there. But they do exist. And I think for women in particular, I do think that that is a challenge that oftentimes don't feel like you have the skill set don't feel like you have the training, don't think I can do it. Um, and I would just say to anybody out there who's listening, you can, you can, you can. I mean, don't be afraid, really. Yeah. You should ask. And I was lucky. I worked for the District Department of Transportation for almost a decade. And I know in the DOTs, a lot of the DOTs, they do have really excellent training programs. And they will um, put people on a path for promotion and right. help people learn along the way. Um, there's lots of opportunities. It's great to go work for an agency. I, I loved it. So, um, and it was a wonderful way for, for me to, um, for me personally, and I think that it's a, another opportunity for, for women as well. Um, and then also in the private sector, when they offer those types of uh, opportunities, I think people should, women should definitely step up and take advantage of those. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I know we know that Women will wait until they feel like they are 100% qualified for all of those right objectives on the on the job description, right? That they right. fit all of them. And men will do it when they only feel like they fit 50% of them. And so, you know, we're taking ourselves out of the running. We're taking ourselves out of the game before we even give ourselves a fair, fair shot at it. And so, you know, that's something that we work with our, you know, with our programs at WTS is, you know, take take that chance. You know, the worst that happens is they say no and you're not ready and you try again and you know, best case is they say, oh, yeah, you absolutely, you know, meet the same qualifications of the other, you know, 10 men that have applied for this position. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then document it when they say no right. and document what it is they want you to do <laughs> and then document when you've done it and you right. go back and you say, I've done all this now. Now give me another now. reason why or, yep. or give me the job. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Um, okay, so um, next I think we want to talk about a little bit about policy. You mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. So how do organizations like WTS International partner with the, you know, the government, the public side, the federal government, other public agencies, and the private agencies to promote the hiring and advancement of women? And I think you touched a little bit on that just before, but how mm -hmm. else are you working in, along those lines? Yeah, we have a couple different methods and, and kind of strategies that we use. Um, you know, we work closely with um, OSDBU, the Office of Small and Disadvantaged Business Utilization. We've been working with them around their notice for proposed rulemaking. We've brought them to roundtables to be able to listen mm -hmm. to women business owners, hear their concerns. We've been able to address that through comments, um, through letters to that office. Um, one of the things that, that we're proud of is we're on our way to renewing our longstanding um, memorandum of cooperation with the USDOT. And we developed that um, under the Obama administration, and that really formed our Transportation U program here at WTS International. And it was meant for young girls. It was meant for that attracting piece and making sure that they had access to STEM-related activities. And, mm -hmm. and that program, as it was implemented, really engaged the regional DOT offices, engage the um, small business office, regional offices, um, and allowed us to kind of do programming out at local schools. And so that was a unique way for us to work 
you know, although it was through the, the U.S. Department of Transportation, we were then able to take that program and expand it out into all their regional offices. So I think that was, you know, a, a big success for our organization and really launched, you know, a, a big part of our foundation programming. And then I would say we work with with corporate partners, too, in that, you know, it's the private sector as well, um, that we're all facing the same challenges. And when we do something and find a solution or we start to develop best practices, how do we share those? Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and how do we leave it so that the next person isn't reinventing the wheel? And how can we build and, and expand and understand that, you know, we're we're all working towards the same goals. And I know at times, you know, we have competitors and, and whatnot, but that at the end of the day, you know, the advancement of women, the advancement of a diverse workforce, you know, is something that we can all come together on. And one of the other things I do want to ask as you talk about all these things, how does WTS International share all the great projects that you're doing? I know that you have a big conference coming up in May. Yes. Um, and so what other ways? I mean, it, there's obviously a lot of ways. So I'd love for you to tell women how mm -hmm. they can find out more about what's happening in the org. I mean, we have more questions to go through, but I yes. still think this would be a good point to tell people how they can find more information. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we put on a, um, quite a bit of programming throughout the year. Um, that is through our website, WTSinternational.org. Not only do we have that website, but we actually have a member portal that kind of once involved with WTS. We have a lot of different forums and, and engagement opportunities there for members. We're very big on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, we've got a great communications department that has really started to helped us kind of elevate that. Um, and then our monthly newsletter. We put out a, a monthly newsletter every month that kind of highlights the, the upcoming activities of WTS International. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our 67 chapters. And so, yes, <laughs> well, we have quite a bit, yes. Uh, so the WTS model, you know, we have about 8,500 members across North America. But under our model, when you join WTS, you get to be part of WTS International and you get to be part of our chapters. That's all included. Um, and so you have a base chapter that you pick, which could be, you know, where you're, where you're located or where your office is. Uh, but you get to be involved with all of the chapters. So you can attend any chapter event under that membership. Um, and our chapters put on amazing programming. I mean, if, if you think about, and I know, I think that was one of the things that I was in such awe of when I joined WTS is our 67 chapters are run by volunteers. Mm -hmm. And it's a great opportunity for women to also, and men, get board experience. So if you're someone who hasn't had an opportunity to sit on a board, if you're someone who hasn't had the opportunity to manage a budget, then you could come in as the as the treasurer of the chapter and manage that budget and get that experience so you can then apply for that next job. Mm -hmm. um, but if we, you know, if you think about it, we have 67 chapters run by volunteers that are putting on multiple programs a month at times. And I mean, just phenomenal programs that are attracting, you know, high level administrators um, and, and public and private executives. Uh, that really do kind of get into the the technical side of transportation, but get into the leadership development as well. So, if I was to give any advice about getting in, involved at WTS, it's it's you know to join and then immediately get connected into your WTS chapter. And that's something we hear all the time when people move and relocate for work. Is like that first thing you do is you know find your WTS network and find that chapter. Yep, absolutely. And I'll give a shout out to the WTS DC chapter because it is a rock star chapter and. Uh, as a member and uh, sitting on the executive women's roundtable there as well, it's it's yes. it really is a really great organization to belong to, and 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 particularly if you're unsure, and as we were saying earlier, you know women tend to shy away from certain things or they don't want to, they're not sure. Mm -hmm. 
It is a wonderful opportunity to get together with other women in the industry at all different levels and all of whom are willing to talk to you at any mm -hmm. level uh, and learn about how to gain a little bit more confidence, how to get a little bit more involved, you know, what it is you might think you're missing that many of us would say you're not at all type of, you know, type of camaraderie right. um, that I think you can really find with it. So I think 100% agree and, and really um I think that your point too, that when you move to different locations, that there's usually a chapter nearby that you can yes. find. That's a great, is it a great place to meet people that are in the industry that you can get involved in with also? Yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff that happens there. Um, and so um, I think as someone who started their own business mm -hmm. um, uh, just a few years ago and it's growing and I'm excited about it, but there are definitely a lot of challenges uh, as you're doing yes. all. And it goes back to what you said about how much do you say yes to? How much do you say no to? Where can you, where can you make things work? Where can you not? And then understanding not only the industry, which a lot of people who get into it are already kind of experts in the industry. So mm -hmm. that's not the harder part, but the business component of it as well is really difficult. Right. What do you hear from WTS members mm -hmm. as like the, maybe the three most challenging or even the one or two, whichever, mm -hmm. um, that you think about aspects of, of growing a business? Right. No, this is this is a timely conversation because we have a, a DBE small business committee, um, and they they put on a women's uh, women business owners roundtable every year, um, and we were just talking about topics and and some of those exact topics of even of even knowing when to say no, you know, to business, and if there's clients that that aren't paying, and and when is the right time to say no, and you know, we we just recently responded to the notice of proposed rulemaking um, from the USDOT around some changes to the DBE model and. I think there was kind of three main kind of priorities that came up from the committee. And, and the first is, you know, the transportation industry so unique in its DBE program and the certifications that come with that. Um, and, and that as a small business owner and starting a business, the challenges that you have in, in getting and maintaining that certification and then wanting to grow, wanting to move into multiple states and the certification process. And, you know, we've heard from so many women that are looking to grow, that they have to bring on you know, a full-time employee just simply to manage the certifications. Um, and so being able to, to, to kind of streamline that process and, and clean that up and make it you know, attainable for more, I think would be, would be one of the first kind of challenges that we're addressing. Um, the second being the revenue caps for DBEs and that qualification for being a DBE. Um, we've heard from many of our women business owners, you know, as we look at the mergers and acquisitions that are having that are happening on like the larger private firm side is that the gap between the larger firm and the small business is growing. Mm -hmm. And so we need to allow that small business to grow and, and kind of reach a, a size that allows it to compete, you know, because if, if the DBE program, you know, at its at its kind of peak and success would mean that a, a woman business owner or a minority business owner would graduate out of the program and become a large business. You know, but because that gap is so big, you know, it's almost de-incentivizing them from graduating out of the program because, you know, the minute they lose that certification, they can't compete with the, right. with the big firms right. anymore. So we need to kind of move the revenue cap to allow them to get closer to compete a little bit um, better. And then I would say finally, the third challenge is that succession planning. 
So as we talk about, you know, small businesses, women business owners, you know, ideally there would become a time when, when you would want to retire, right? And, and, you know, for many of them, that means that they want their, their firm to continue on. And as you think about succession planning and building, you know, young talent within, within your company, you know, right now there is a, a kind of a senior level certifying owner um, requirement and that the, the skill set um, has to be at that senior level. Um, to be considered a certifying certified owner, owner, and so we're working with OSDBU to put together different language that would allow kind of any owner, no matter the the the, the seniority, to be considered into your DBE percentage um, and your social and economically disadvantaged kind of that fifty one percent, and so that way you could provide a a young star in your company, you know, a few shares and allow them to kind of grow into the role. Um, it's that genera- that generational wealth that we're mm-hmm. kind of working for and, and, and allowing these small businesses to, to, to continue on and, and grow through generations. That's great. You've just hit on all three of my issues. So thank you for taking <laughs> that on. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, our DBE Small Business community, uh, Committee is, is really working to support, you know, women business owners of all sizes. I think one of the things that we learned through the pandemic, too, is, you know, the number of women and and I mean all all small businesses that you know if you chose to start your business in January of 2020 mm-hmm. uh, the, you know December of 2019 just how different you know the world was and 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 you know your predictions and 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 then the pandemic hit and so you know understanding you know how do we support those women um, who you know made that decision and, and jumped all in, oftentimes with the support of the WTS network, mm-hmm. um, and 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 then the pandemic hit, and so how do we you know how do we help support them as well? And so it's it's business owners of of all size and yeah 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 that's true that's true. I, I kicked off mine in July of 2019, so I'm so you are right there. there. <laughs> yes yes. Well, congratulations <laughs> to you because that is the, quite an accomplishment. Um, and so, yeah. yes, I'm uh, just very lucky. I had and again, but I did have a lot of people that I knew and that I could go to and talk to. And I, again, can't say enough about it. So. Um, so let's talk about um, education, which I think is one of your favorite subjects at this mm-hmm. part. So you mentioned the foundation uh, program. So let's talk about the WTS foundation program and tell yes. me a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so our foundation is about 12 years old um, and it works on scholarship, research and education. And that's education. And can I interrupt just how, mm-hmm. how old is WTS International? We are 45 years wow, old. That's great. Yes. Yeah, so that's founded amazing. in 1977. And a bit of history that I just recently learned um, is when we were founded, so being founded in the 70s, we couldn't be an association because women couldn't have an association. So that is where our S and WTS comes from is that it's seminar because it had to be focused around education and training. Um, And I was recently able to talk to some of our founders and they were telling me they used to have the trainings and the workshops at the Army-Navy Club here in DC. And at the time, women weren't allowed to go through the front door at the Army-Navy Club. And so everyone at going to a WTS event in our you know, first year was going through the back door of the Army-Navy Army Club to hold WTS events. That's insane. And so you know, when we think about, you know, there's days, obviously, where you want to kind of hit your head up against the wall and the lack of yeah. progress that we've made, yeah. right? But then you, you, know, you think back and okay, okay, so well, 45 years ago, yeah, you know, right, we, exactly. were, we were here, and, and that's not that long ago. Mm-hmm. 
Keep pushing. Keep, keep pushing. pushing. So I'm sorry. Yeah. So go back to the foundation program, please. Yeah. So our, our foundation um, works towards scholarship, research, and education, and the education piece being kind of students, kind of K through postgraduate work. Um, the foundation was really founded out of our scholarship program, and through our international and chapter um, we kind of all come together under the foundation model and on an annual basis give close to $700,000 a year to young women looking to uh, expand their education in transportation. That's fantastic. And That's really great. Right. It, yeah. It's, it's I mean, and some incredible women. I mean, I we, we were just talking to a scholarship recipient the other day. She's 18. She has her pilot's license. She, I mean, you just, that is not who I was at 18. No. <laughs> I don't know about you, but no, I was not, nope. not there at 18. And I mean, these women are just, these young women are just doing incredible, incredible things. And, and so our foundation, you know, works to support their educational um, journeys. And that could be through trade school and, and um, trade colleges. And it can be through, you know, post all the way through post doctorate work. Um, and then we also work for work towards educational programs. I mentioned our Transportation U program. Mm -hmm. That is kind of the the younger, you know, K through 12. Mm -hmm. um, how do we expose you to different career opportunities? You know, how do we show you what life is like as a bridge inspector? Um, you know, and I think one of the things that we're really focused on now is diversifying the content that there are so many different career paths in transportation and it can be communications it can be policy it can be human resources it can be finance everyone is needed in the transportation sector we do still need our engineers and planners um, but there is a need for all of those career paths and you know you can you can be you know in that communications marketing degree and find a place in transportation and, and how do we get you into that sooner Right, absolutely. And then if you find those people, let me know and I can right. <laughs> I'd be happy to hire, hire them. them. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's how that works. <laughs> um, you mentioned, did you, did you want to say too, was there something about the Capital Summit? Yes, our Capital Summit, thank you. Our Capital Summit um, is coming back after a three year hiatus due to the pandemic. And so that is a program, all of our chapters put on local transportation, new programming. And then once a year, we bring some of those mentees, some of those young, young girls out to DC for a week-long kind of transportation camp. Um, this year, we're bringing it back as the Capital Summit. We're moving it to the University of Maryland, so the kids will get oh, to have fun. an opportunity yeah. to you know, stay at a college campus. We'll have a leadership program day, ropes course, kind of leadership building for the students. And then we're really making this a kind of hands-on engagement activity. They'll be traveling all around the DMV area, multimodal. We're gonna be visiting the port up in, in Baltimore, airport, um, federal highways, going to the USDOT, but it's an opportunity that through that week, they just get kind of every opportunity within transportation is presented in front of them um, as a career choice. And they get to, to meet, you know, many of the, of the women located here in the DMV. Um, you know, many of them even coming from areas, you know, we, we take the metro to many of these and, and some of them haven't ever, you know, ridden public oh. transportation before. And so it's a great opportunity. We're revamping it to be a lot more student centric. Um, and, and we're evaluating that program for years into the future, you know, ways that we can expand it and make it regional and offer it throughout the country. Because um, we know, you know, traveling to D.C. sometimes is, is, is hard. Um, but we're really excited to be back in person. We've done it virtually now through the pandemic to try mm -hmm. and offer something 
Um, but we're really excited to be on a college campus and provide that opportunity. So it'll be in June of this year. Oh, that's great. That hands-on experience is really, really nice. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say the WTSDC uh, chapter is Maryland, D.C. and Northern Virginia, Virginia. as well. Although I think there is a Maryland chapter. There is. A, yeah, there's a Baltimore chapter. Yep. Yep. So it's a fun. I, I get to kind of go back to my teaching days a little bit. I'll, the one that our last one in 2019, you know, you get there and it's a group of girls that have never met before. And, you know, the, they're all nervous and, and we put them in their rooms and we do the, we do the, you know, the bed checks and, and, and I go and knock on their doors and, and they're housed with, you know, a, another young student they've never met before. And you get that awkward. And then by the last night you go and knock <laughs> on the door and they're, you know, they won't stop talking and they're, you know, upset. And so it's just, it's, it's great that they get that exposure to transportation, but as they, you know, exchange numbers and talk about where they want to go to school and maybe they could, you know, meet up. And it's just great to see them all, you know, already at, 16, 17, 18 years old, starting to develop that network. Absolutely, 100%. And the network is really, does mm -hmm. make a huge, huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah, I was gonna say too about the young 18 year old who said she was a pilot, you know, back in when we were walking in the back doors, you know, <laughs> when we would never think to be a pilot. So the fact that she is right. just really, just I would just say, you know, for women just to continue moving forward and mm -hmm. continue to push because it is, making a big difference, a big, big difference. Um, and so just in closing, let's talk about just a couple of things. Who do you admire and look to as influencers in for in women in transportation? That's a great question. And you so really, many. I know, <laughs> there's so many, and I will, I'm, I'm gonna kind of take an out on this, but I want, you know, there's so many in that, you know, you could start at the administration, you could start at, you know, Deputy Secretary Polly Trottenberg, who's a huge, huge supporter of, of WTS all the way through administ the administration. I mean, Nuria Fernandez, Robin Hutchinson, our administrator, like, this is a, a administration that not only kind of walks the walk, but or talks the talks, but walks the walk is they have a very diverse, mm -hmm. diverse um, leadership team and, and team all the way down to our membership. I mean, our, our WTS International Board has a phenomenal group of women, agency CEOs, senior level executives. So it's it's hard to to pick one, and I was trying to figure out how to how to pick one without getting in, into trouble. Um, you know, I, I I would be remiss too if I didn't m mention you know our chair right now, Janet Walker Ford. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she, she is phenomenal, and and she is, you know, in our 45 year history, she is the first black chair of WTS International, and and with that, she's brought you know new energy and and new focus for us with priorities around advocacy work and our diversity programs. Um, but I would say I think one of the things with all of these women mm -hmm. is that inspires me is their willingness to not say, I have a seat at the table mm -hmm. and therefore I'm the woman at this table. They are all so willing to say we need more women and right. we're going to help them bring that seat. And I think that that's something, you know, at WTS, we talk a lot about the difference between sponsorship and mentorship. And women are really good at asking for mentors and mentors will give you advice and, and help you. But men are better asking, they're better at asking for sponsors. And that's someone who's going to go and make that call and say, hey, I have a candidate for you. Yeah. Whether you're hiring or not, you need to talk to this person because you need them on your team. And there's that person that's gonna advocate for you when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I think, you know, as I look at our WTS, members is that we we have started to shift that conversation and there are just so many phenomenal women who are now becoming those sponsors and i think we're, we're changing 
you know, the environment and we're changing the game by doing that. Yeah, lead by example, lead which actually, yeah. And yeah. I do agree with you too, that they are looking to bring people along with them. And, and if, you're, if, they feel like, if people feel like they're not ready for that, they're gonna teach you how to get yourself ready mm -hmm. to take on that role. So yeah. that they really, I feel that there really is a sense that people want to see everybody succeed. Yes. There's enough for everybody. Like, let's all kind of get in here together and just figure right. out how we can help one another. Right. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. Um, and so we'll close out though, tell me about, and I think we mentioned a little bit about the um, event in May, but what are your upcoming future events and programs? From, give a little plug for the yes. WTS no, stuff that's you. going on. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> we have um, our policy symposium, which is actually happening next week in Washington, DC. This is part of us re-engaging our advocacy arm of the organization. Um, we'll be announcing a legislative agenda later this year, something that we haven't had for the last few years. Um, we'll be focused in not only on transportation policy, but also on, you know, as we think about women's rights, uh, equal pay, as we think about family-friendly policies, those types of things. So we're excited to bring back the policy symposium. We have our annual meeting in May, which will be in Atlanta, Georgia this year. Mm -hmm. um, we're excited to, to have the great intersection, transportation and equity down in Atlanta. Um, celebrating our 45th anniversary. We have the Capitol Summit, which we mentioned, and then this fall we'll have our Signature Leadership Program, which has a mid-career cohort and an executive cohort and is a kind of week-long program focused on your personal leadership, career development, and personal development um, as well. And then I wanted to mention, you know, this year we're bringing some new programming. We have a Distinguished Speaker Series. We heard from uh, Dr. Mia Bay in February, she's an author um, and professor who wrote Traveling While Black. And so she shared kind of some of her research with us in, in February. And we just had today Missy Cummings, who uh, was celebrating International Women's yeah. Month. But we were talking yeah. about kind of automation and, um, and innovation within transportation. And her as one of the first female you know, fighter pilots of the U.S. Navy. It was great to hear her, her experience. So we've got more of those coming this year, and we're trying to bring new voices and new experience to WTS and, and are excited about being able to share that, you know, not only through the speaker series, but at our conference and at future events. All right, super. And then your website? And then our website, wtsinternational.org. That is where you can find all of that information and dates. And also how to follow you on social. And follow us on social. LinkedIn, I would say, number one is WTS International. And then same for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Super. Sarah, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the InfraTalk podcast. We hope this discussion inspires you to ask your own questions and encourages you to have discussions with policymakers and your peers. If you want to know more about InfraTalk America, visit us at infratalkamerica.com, follow us on social media at InfraTalk USA, or subscribe to the InfraTalk podcast on your favorite listening platform to be notified of all new episodes and features. And remember, every innovation starts with a conversation. So let's start talking.